This the remix. And here we go. High end over end kick. It'll be taken at the one yard line by Steve Jenkins, who brings it out to the 15. And the ball is loose on the field. Looks like Air Force has it. So the Rebels have fumbled the opening kickoff. And that's the way this one starts. 29 yards from the right hash mark as we go from our left to our right. Evan Silva to hold for Daniel Gutierrez. High snap. Now Silva's trying to run, and he's tackled at the 20-yard line. And the Rebels get nothing out of the opportunity. Now from the Rebel 13-yard line, Warren Bryan calls out the signals under center. Now he's going to carry off the right side. It's Carrier, and he goes in for a score. Zachary Carrier started to go to his left, reverse field, found a hole, went through the right side, and went in for another Air Force touchdown. Just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. All right, we've got another update. Well, maybe we should wait for this trade is finalized, but uh, John Heyman is saying that Eric Hosmer is also in the Juan Soto deal. So the that's, man, the Padres are now getting out of Eric Hosmer's contract? All right, so now we're getting their, their plus Hosmer, three years at $39 million after this season to Washington for Soto Bell, the most substantive deal in deadline history. So hold on, hold on. You're telling me the the Nationals traded away Juan Soto for five prospects, no proven major leaguers, five prospects, right? And they had to throw in Josh Bell, and they have to take back Eric Hosmer's contract? Ah! What, are what are they doing? Oh, they had to put a better t- deal on the table than that. What are they doing? I mean... Like, they could easily flip Hosmer back to the Royals based on my family, <laughs> like the idiots in my family. What on earth are the Nationals doing? Like he's got three he, years, thirty-nine million after this season. Yeah, and like we talked about this a lot. He's not a free agent after this season. They could have waited. They could have done this in the off season. This could have been next trade deadline, and they didn't. Man. Like, they could have traded Josh Bell and taken back Eric Hosmer's contract from yeah. the Padres yeah. and and probably demanded two prospects for it. Now, they probably wouldn't have been top five guys, but they could have gotten, like, hey, sure. you're 11th and just 18th done, Just done it prospects. separately. Just done it separately. And then, right, and then you still have Juan Soto to trade. How what about, are the, this is brutal. How about these the Nationals who just throw in great players? Right, <laughs> that is like, the best. That's, like, the best thing. They just, you know what? You can have him. Do you trade Turner? Yeah, you can have that guy too. It's like what? Okay, but also literally like their own players going. Yeah, I don't want your money. Their own players right. are like, yeah. Uh, let me make it public that you have no leverage right. in this situation. My God! Like <laughs> seriously, here like they essentially because trading Josh Bell would have netted you probably one prospect. Some pr- right? He's a, a prospect rental, or two. So yes. It wouldn't have been a great return, but you're you're probably going to prospect for Josh Bell. Eating the Eric Hosmer contract. The Padres did not want Eric Hosmer on their team, and the Nationals agreed to take him. That probably should have gotten you another prospect. Like just agreeing to take that contract on 
similar to when Jared Goff and Matt Stafford got traded, there was an extra first-round pick thrown in So because the, the, the Rams didn't want to pay Jared Goff anymore. Yeah. That should have been two prospects, which means the Padres got Soto and only had to give up three <laughs> prospects for him. Like, yes, they're high-end prospects, but what? This, this is unbelievable. Like, I, every team in baseball should be mad at the moment. Eric, How did that happen? Eric Cosmer is headed to the Nets and has already been informed he's part of the deal. <laughs> Hello, Eric. Bob Melvin, have you had your breakfast yet? Oh, my God. I Seriously. I mean, I think, number one, the Yankees should probably be the most upset because they gave up basically the same package to get Frankie Montas right. and Lou Trevino. <laughs> number two... <laughs> Sorry, the Dodgers, the Dodgers should probably be upset because the Padres are in their division. The Dodgers have the assets to make this, especially this, happen, and didn't do it. And then number three is every other team in baseball because, like, some teams don't have the farm that could have actually given the the Nationals what they wanted there. But still, that's all that he went. Oh my God, Bob, I, I'm Bob away. Nightingale, the Nats scouting department are calling Susanna a sleeper. Oh, Jesus. Yarlin Susanna, he's a sleeper. Thank God they got a sleeper for Juan Soto. <laughs> for Juan Soto. Soto and Bell. My God. That was unbelievable. I, I am blown away that that's all. Ed, this is why I didn't think the Nationals would trade him right now, because there's no reason they should have traded well, him right now for that. Couldn't you have gotten this later? Right. They could have had this in the offseason if they wanted this. They could have let that Susanna guy see if he's any good the rest <laughs> of the season. See if he's a sleeper. Right. See, oh, look, oh, look, he's not a sleeper anymore. We'll still take him because it's Juan's own. Okay. All right. All right. That's ridiculous. Okay. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the A's. Um, so A's president, Dave Cobble, is going to meet with Phil Ruffin, according to the Review Journal. Phil Ruffin owns a couple of casinos here, but he also owns the Festival Grounds which are right off the Strip and Sahara Avenue, 37 acres of land out there. So Dave Cobble and the A's are going to talk to Phil Ruffin, apparently about building a ballpark on that plot of land. Uh, if you remember, the A's had supposedly narrowed down their locations in Las Vegas to two, which was including where the current Tropicana sits on the Strip. But now they might be bringing in a different site. So what do you think? of the A's and Phil Ruffin talking about a potential ballpark on the festival grounds off the strip at Sahara. Well, I think the A's are just playing this out like they have the entire time, uh, playing it out until they see what happens in Oakland. So, you know, it doesn't hurt them to bring Phil Ruffin up to Oakland and, and have headlines about it and in both uh, Oakland and Las Vegas and get the people up in Oakland thinking more and more about, the, you know, how serious it is. So... I'm not going to say, you know, I'm not going to say this puts him over the top for Las Vegas. I just think it's it's Cobble playing his hand as deep as he can until he finds out what's happening in Oakland. There are two interesting parts of this to me. Number one, Phil Ruffin is going to Oakland. The a, a, Dave Cobble's not coming to Vegas. Phil Ruffin is the one getting on a plane and going to Oakland. That seems weird. I don't know why Phil Ruffin would want to go to Oakland. Maybe there's a, a different reason that he's in Oakland anyways, and he's like, huh, maybe I'll go up there anyways. Um, the other part of this is, as far as I know, there is not any public meeting anytime soon, right? There is not a uh, meeting that's happening. So in normally, when, right, normally when we get uh, news about the A's in Las Vegas, it's right before some meeting. Right, right. It's right before some vote to apply some pressure. 
I don't believe there's one for a couple of weeks or maybe even a full month at this point. So those are two interesting points. Um, why is Ruffin going to Oakland and there's no actual meeting here? Maybe Phil Ruffin is the one sort of uh, instigating this. He's the one that's initiating saying, hey, I, I, I would like to have a ballpark right here. Let's go talk to the A's about making this happen. That I'm curious uh, to see. But uh, my bigger question here, let's assume this is legitimate. First question. Is 37 acres enough for a ballpark? Oh boy, I wish I was a construction. Wish I was a project manager. Allegiant Stadium. What's, Allegi- six, what's Allegiant 62, Stadium? 60? 62 acres. And that's and Allegiant they, Stadium. And they don't have enough parking as is. Now, this no, would they be, don't. This would be a smaller structure, right? And this would be less seats than Allegiant Stadium. But we're talking about basically half the acreage yeah. here. That doesn't seem like it's big enough. To, and maybe they would base say, "Hey, it's on the strip. There's no parking." I guess, but like. That does not seem like it's uh, very accessible for people that would drive. You have a, a car. ballpark with no parking at all. I guess, and here's the other part of it. This is the north end of the strip. This is not a walkable distance from no. if you're staying on the south end no. of the strip. This is not walkable from New York, New York, from MGM, from Bellagio, from Caesars. You're not really walking from there down there. So, people that would be going to this game, right? Obviously, locals that would go to a, a an athletics game in Vegas would likely be getting in a car and looking for somewhere to park. Nightmare, in the, if it's this location. Even the tourist side, if the A's came here and their plan was, well, we're going to get a lot of tourists in, it's not really accessible for the large majority of tourists that are in Las Vegas. For the most popular hotel casinos I mean, on the Strip, it's not walkable. So they would also Uber. have to be in a car to get there. Wouldn't necessarily need to park, but we need to be in a car and right. driving down the Strip or even just roads around the Strip that would suck. Like yeah. this seems like to me, this seems like a horrible location. Like it seems an inaccessible location for the people the A's would want to go to their games. I didn't know that uh, it was twice would uh, twice less of Allegiant Stadium. Allegiant Stadium's on sixty plus acres. Yeah, sixty two is the Allegiant Stadium. Like you said, site. there's not enough parking anyway. Right, right. That's been like one of the biggest complaints about that is oh, there's not parking for people at this. So that's a part of it. I'm very curious to see. Here's the other question I have for you. Partnering with, let, let's say they partner with Phil Ruffin and they want to build a ballpark at this location. Is that a way for the A's to get to Las Vegas without using public money? Yeah, but I still think somehow, somewhere they find public money or they want public money. I just don't think oh. that, I, I don't think that Major League Baseball is going to allow it to happen without some form of public money. I think 100% they would still ask for it. They would still want it. Absolutely. I'm just, I'm just wondering if, if like, hey, we're not going to do, you know, public money for a ballpark for the A's, right? We're, we're not going to increase Phil the Ruffin's just going to do it? Right. Would partnering with Phil Ruffin, would that be where, you know, the money comes from? Would he effectively well, be, hey, I'll put up however many hundreds yeah. of millions of dollars to do this? Maybe. I, he maybe might. That's He's what up happens. there meeting with him. He's up there right. meeting with him. I think a legitimate question, if that were to happen, would be who owns the ballpark and who owns the revenue streams from the ballpark? Because well, we've seen that's that's teams, the biggest question right. in terms of the revenue streams. Right, sports teams want to own their own stadium so that they can control revenue streams. Right. If you partner with Phil Ruffin and Phil Ruffin pays a big chunk of it or all of it, whatever it would be, who controls that? Well, because both I'm Phil, Phil Ruffin, Ruffin, I do. Right, both Phil Ruffin and the A's would want to control those sure. revenue streams. So. That would be another curious part. And then here's the last point on that. If they partner with Phil Ruffin, is there a chance 
that Phil Ruffin pulls off effectively the Sheldon Adelson for the Raiders, and he actually gets legislatures or some committee to say, yes, we should give the A's public money. Does Phil Ruffin have enough? I don't know if he has enough juice to do that because we've heard what the legislature has said, that there's no, no temperature at all for public money for a ballpark for the, for the Oakland A's and Las Vegas A's. So I don't know if he has the juice to do that. I, you know, I know what he owns and he's a, uh, he's a casino magnet. I get that, but I don't know if he owes the juice at the legislature level to make them change their mind on this and have them, come up with more avenues for public money. I don't know if he does. I don't, I have no idea. I am very curious to see what actually happens there. Um, Before we go to break, Dennis Lynn (laughs) tweeted, hold on. What what else have the Padres thrown? No, no, no. This, this is going to give you some hope here. The nationals are on Eric Hosmer's 10 team. No trade list. You give his consent to be dealt to Washington. Are the Golden Knights now making trades within baseball? Oh, man. Now, okay, people are replying to that Dennis Lynn tweet with a Ken Rosenthal tweet where Eric Hosmer has a 10-team no-trade list, and it lists out the teams that Hosmer doesn't ha- or has on his list, and the Nationals are not on. Oh, my God. It's Eric Hosmer. He's not that good. Why is this so dramatic? So, but it, but that was okay. Here's another key detail. That was Eric Hosmer's ten-team no-trade list for the 2021 season. He could have changed it ahead of the 2022 okay. season. This is phenomenal. Ah, this is great. So there's a slight opening that the the Dodgers could jump in here and trade for him, which would be funny. My God, can you imagine that? If the, oh, the Dodgers go get Eric Hosmer. <laughs> Okay, well, now to crush your spirits. Uh, Jeff Passan, Juan Soto has been informed he's being traded to San Diego. No, it's done. I'm reading the Union Tribune story. The Padres just pulled off the biggest deal in the history of Major League Trade Deadline. Uh, Robert Hassan third, James Wood, the sleeper Yarlin Susana, uh, number 14 <laughs> press prospect, and uh, first baseman Eric Hosmer. Mackenzie Gore, two of the top three minor league prospects. Okay, all right. All right, it's over. It's over! It's fun. Um... To go back to the Phil Ruffin story, Vegas Gallo just tweeted at us that Phil Ruffin, his young son also plays Little League Baseball, and he built a full-size baseball field on his property. Uh, well, when you have which, the money. Which, by the way, How many great. acres is that? Right. Sounds probably more than where they're going <laughs> to build the A's ballpark. probably got more parking at the house. <laughs> but now I, I believe Phil Ruffin is not actually interested in the A's coming to Vegas. He's just trying to figure out, hey, you guys aren't any good. Can my 12-year-old son yes. play for you? <laughs> yes. Can you guys sign him right now? And if he's any good, he'll be dealt. Yeah, I would like him to play for the the A's because you guys are trading everybody and you need to call up somebody. So I think that's actually what's happening with Phil Ruffin. All right, coming up next, it's Bischoff's Briefs. Bischoff's Briefs. I'm afraid we need to use math. I knew I should have checked your showboating globetrotter algebra. Bischoff's Briefs. Man, I thought you knew that algebra was all razzmatazz. Bischoff's Briefs. Yes, I see. Something involving that many big words could easily destabilize time itself. All right, 
Bischoff's briefs today, I am positive we are going to get distracted by some news about Juan Soto and Eric Hosmer's no trade clause. Well, Danny's in here yeah. wearing his we just Nationals brought, We brought in oh, our Nationals fan. Okay. Yeah. Forget, forget about Bischoff's briefs. Get Danny on the mic. Danny's on the mic. Yeah, he's already Hello, there. Hello, Danny. Hello, hey. Nationals fan, Danny. Um, I have been critical of the Nationals for the last 10 minutes for not getting enough. How, how do you feel right now about trading away Soto <laughs> and Josh Bell and eating Eric Hosmer's contract and what they got in return? Um, uh... I believe I, I don't even know. I'm speechless. I'm very <laughs> bummed. Like uh, I was, I was texting my girlfriend, and she asked how my morning's going, <laughs> and I didn't want to start. I didn't want to start her day off with a bunch of expletives, but I basically just told her that I'm having a bummy morning. Okay, uh, help me with the relationship with your girlfriend and her knowledge of baseball. Is she at all aware? of like Juan Soto potentially being traded and today being the deadline. She didn't know it was the deadline, but she is aware of who Soto is and what he meant to the Nationals. <laughs> and like I've I've talked to her since 2019 and I've like I've been telling her every year about Soto and how he's doing <laughs> and I kind of prepped her for today, but she didn't realize how big of a day today was. Oh man but then i told her and now she's bummed with me because she really loves soto okay i i have to imagine as a nationals fan you had always hoped they were they were not going to trade him even when it was like hey they're shopping him your your overall hope was that they wouldn't trade him but the part of you that assumed that he might get traded what were you expecting back uh i was expecting at least like one player that can make an impact but obviously the nationals you know they're just like hey i mean we can always try in like 2025 oh man uh ed who's the sleeper what's his name again forgot what's his name haskell Danny? haskell no, no, eddie haskell no, no was, the sleeper susana 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 how do, how do you feel about the sleeper yeah. Susana coming over? Well, um, I've slept on him because I don't know who he is. <laughs> but I was looking at some of these guys, and, like, one of the pitchers we got from them, he's he had, like, I was telling Ed and um, Jared during the break, he's pitched, uh, like, just over eight innings in nine appearances, and he's given up, like, 10 or 11 runs and has, like, a 665 ERA. Yeah, that's pretty good. So that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, a beat, beat writer from San Diego, whatever it is anybody in the outside thinks, there are going to be mixed emotions in the clubhouse today, provided Eric Hosmer proves being traded to the Nets. He is beloved by teammates. This just in. They'll be fine. They'll be packing yes. this guy's baggage and sending him yeah. to the airport. Say, get the hell yeah. out of here. Oh, we no got one's Juan Soto talk to and him. Bell. No one's going to yeah. Here, talk I'll give to you him. a hug goodbye. Get out of here. Right. I Okay, that whole idea of like being sad that a guy's gone or whatever – I, okay, I, I can understand it to some extent. Like, he's, you know, your friend, you're, like, hanging out with him or whatever. But, like, the second you see Juan Soto at the plate as the number, like, two hitter in the lineup, you're going to be like, Eric who? Hosmer. Oh, yeah. I don't exactly. even know who that is. Yeah. Like, they're completely right. forget about it. As, so soon you're, as, as soon as Soto hits a home run in the postseason, like, Hosmer, I don't even know who that guy is. You're predicting when everything is said and done, Tatis, Soto, Machado, Cronworth. Uh, I'd hit Bell behind Machado. Oh, wait. I forgot about him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Danny. The throw-in again that you just throw in with people like yeah, you did with Trey Turner last year. I totally uh, forgot about him. 
So Bell goes behind Machado and then Cronworth. Oh, yeah. Uh, what a lineup. I was looking oh, yeah. at uh, a bunch of Nationals media this morning. They they were all posting, hey, Nationals are calling up their entire minor league system, so get ready. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, DeGrom, really ha- really sad about tonight. He, he'll, he'll, be pitching a guy, <laughs> oh. he'll be pitching against guys he's never heard of in his life. Have you seen that line? The line I can the, imagine you're putting out a guys who can't play. The Mets are minus 380 to win tonight. The run line, which is usually around even, maybe even plus money, is almost minus 200. <sighs> All right, uh, Danny, I'm going to try something. Now that Josh Bell and Juan Soto have been traded, I'm going to try to name three Nationals uh, hitters. And I just I just watched them play two weeks ago. Um, oh, two weeks ago, a lot could change. That's that's fair. That's fair. Uh, they have a guy named Victor Robles, correct? They do. Okay. And the the other one that I can think of, and it's because he's got the same name as one of the Astros players, Luis Garcia. Yes. Okay. I don't think I can name a third one now. Nelson I, Cruz. Ah, Nelson Cruz. Are they going to trade him? I'm surprised he wasn't included in that. No, they can't Diego. trade him. <laughs> they can't. Why not? They just traded Soto. I don't know. Danny's he's, Danny's more depressed than I am. Man, which is well, hard to I be mean, at this point. Well, you have a too. you have a twelve game cushion now. We're yeah, we're but that means nothing. Chasing for the next four see, years. See, that means nothing. The twelve. I tell Tyler, it, it's all about the playoffs, and now they're completely set up. You you get a buy. You get a buy, Ed. You get the one or the two seed, and you get a buy. What are you more nervous about getting those? Those hitters going to San Diego or San Diego getting uh, Josh Hader? You mean, am I more nervous about Soto than Hader? Yeah. Well, Soto, because you threw Bell in. Hader hasn't been pitching well lately. He hasn't been pitching well at all lately. He's, his his ERA has been like four something. We had that earlier in the show. He hasn't been pitching it well. So, and again, if they get to them, they're losing the game. So, you know, I, I just don't want to get to Kimbrell, who is a complete lunatic. Um, <laughs> And he, he could blow it at any time. So I'm far more worried about the lineup that Tyler just said. I for, I mean, I literally forgot about Bell and you just threw him in. He hits 300. And the best the, part about Bell is that he, he can hit from either side of the plate. Yeah, right. Switch yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah, it's a great day. And he, he was the one, <laughs> yeah, it's a great day. He was the one helping Soto because you can't walk Soto with Bell behind him. No, now I you can't you? walk anybody on now, the Now, now you can't walk roster. Soto with Machado behind him. <laughs> All right, I got I got two tweets for you. Uh, this one's fun from Ken Rosenthal. Enormous pressure on Eric Hosmer to approve the deal. So I guess his no trade clause is legitimate. He might get something more out of it beyond the three years, thirty-nine million he's owed. Eric Hosmer, Juan Soto, Josh Bell are all represented by Scott Boris. Uh oh. So are two of the Padres going to the Nationals. So the majority of the players traded today have the same agent. Uh, players generally need to be compensated to waive no trade protection. Uh, Rosenthal also tweeted, Soto deal will not be official until Hosmer agrees to waive his no trade clause to the Nationals. To this point, he has not, according to a source, negotiations almost certainly taking place. Oh, man. This is just his opportunity to be a messy bitch. So what's he get, Tyler? They add on to his deal? Okay. What else if, could you give them? If listen, if the Nationals agree to pay Hosmer more money than he's already owed, and they don't get another player from the Padres, I don't know what the hell that front office is doing. If they agree to pay him more money and the Padres include another player, 
Okay. But if they give this guy more money and there's no new player included, I don't know what the hell that front office. I already don't know what they're doing, but that would be insane. Also, if I'm Eric Hosmer, I'm not waiving my no trade clause to go to Washington. Well, I'm not waving until I get a lot more money. Right, you're gonna have then, to. Double yeah, you're gonna my have to. Salary. You're gonna have to pay me. You're gonna have to pay me right. for it to go there. Yeah, you're gonna have to pay and my taxes. Did Washington know this going in, or did they pull a Golden Knights? I think they pulled a Golden Knights, 100. percent Like I, like in all seriousness, I guess it depends on how much Eric Hosmer cares about playing for a winning team, which I imagine you'd prefer to do that. If I like, I'm not doing this for like an extra like five million dollars. Like you're having to give me like five more million a year right you're gonna have to give me more than that for me to agree to go from a team that's going to be a contender for years to come to a team that has no interest in winning a gate baseball game for the next four seasons is hosmer daddy and he's gonna have to go back and he's already hugged every he's already hugged everybody he's He's already hugged everybody because he's beloved in the locker in the uh, clubhouse god that'd be great this is such a great trade do you think he was one of those people who was just tossed in at the end and was like you know we're giving you bell and soto let Toss in a major leaguer. Come on. <laughs> he was It'll the last Eric one Cosmer. mentioned in this. All those yeah. reports didn't have him, so maybe he was. Maybe he was thrown in at the end. Yeah. All right. All right. Coming up next, Ken Bulky joins the show. Yeah, the two guys who are really irreplaceable. I don't think, you know, you can just say anyone can just step in and fill someone else's shoes like that. Um, you try to do that stuff by committee. We still have, you know, a lot of skill in our, in our locker room, and uh, everyone will have to chip in to fill that void. You're listening to the Press Box Summer Edition. Joining us now is Ken Bulky from Sinbin.Vegas. Good morning, Ken. Hey, Ken. Are you are you too soft on the Golden Knights? I don't think so, but Max Pacioretty <laughs> seems to. <laughs> how how valid do you think his claim is that fan base wise and media wise, there's not enough external pressure on the team? First of all, I do you think it's fair to clarify we're not 100% sure he's talking about fan base and media only? I think there's yes. also a possibility that he was talking about the first coach that was here because that's kind of the time period he was talking about, so that's Gallant. And I also think it's possible that he's talking about kind of just the atmosphere inside of that building being fairly country clubby is the word that he said. I don't want to call it a country club, but I'm going to call it a country club for him. I think there's some validity there. I, I I don't think he's completely off base. We, we talked about this earlier. Which day? Which way does he want it? At first, it's like, hey, in Montreal, this is all happening. This is we understand what Montreal is about in media. I said when we went to Montreal, when DeBoer got hired, uh, the Montreal media walked in the locker room, and you could just see on his face, oh no, here are these guys again. Um, right. And yet, on the other side, he doesn't want a country club. Like, wh- what does he? What does he want? And I'm not. I'm not saying there's not validity to some of the stuff he said for sure. But it's almost like you, you make a choice here because you, you seem to be mad at both sides. Yeah, there's a little Goldilocks situation yeah. there going on, right? That that you, it's. I think that the thing is for him, he was under so much pressure being an American, being the captain of the Canadians, and it didn't go very well for most of the time. That. Having it completely go away, I think it was just the complete opposite. And at first, and he said this many times in that interview on the Raw Knuckles podcast, that he said that was great and it made things a lot easier. But he felt his game would slip at different times and no one would really say anything or do anything about it. And he saw it in him in himself, so he thought, well, man, this must be happening to everyone else. I think his thought would be that there has to be pressure, that there needs to be more external pressure, but... 
how much, I a good question. I don't know if he has a good answer for that. Uh, one of the points you made in your story about Patriotti's comments was about uh, media that is employed by the team. Obviously, you have the announcers on the radio and TV side, but you also have Gary Lawless, one of the most prominent guys on AT&T's broadcast, plus Darren Millard, who we have on this show all the time. How many or what percentage of Golden Knights fans do you think know those people are employed by the team? Um, I would say most people know. I mean, they certainly know that the broadcast is, is the team's broadcast, I would think. Well, maybe not. And now I'm talking myself out of it. <laughs> I, think, I think most people are aware that Lawless is, is employed by the team. Millard, I could see some people not being 100% sure on that. And then, and then Gosher and Knighty, uh, some, you know, we're, we're kind of used to national broadcasts in which people are not employed by the team. I, maybe, maybe that's 70-30 that people do know. That's a that's a big. I I, I got to be honest. I only went the opposite because we were talking about if you look on Twitter, obviously those people are invested. Um, you see them all. They seem to be a lot of the same people who are. That's great. They're invested in their team. They love their team. Nothing wrong with that. I just thought you get eighteen thousand people in an arena, and you you went around to the majority and said, you know, who who writes these guys' paychecks? I didn't think a lot of them would know. Maybe I'm wrong. But I didn't think a lot of them would know. I do think, like like we said, the people on the Twitter, those invested, they know for sure. We had some tweets right. back saying, I know this. But I didn't know that the majority of people, maybe I just didn't think they cared. Well, they should care. I mean, it's right. important to know kind of where your information is coming from. It's like turning on Fox News or CNN and not understanding what kind of a slant is there. Like, oh, I'm just clueless. This all must be truth. Like, it's, right. you should know, right? All right, one of the other things you brought up here, and I'm curious if I'm interpreting this too much, but Patretti also said, a lot of these guys haven't played somewhere else, so they don't really know what it's like. I felt myself, personally, it always gets the best out of me when my coach or someone else are demanding and hold you accountable. Um, Yes, I guess it's true that a lot of guys haven't played somewhere else, but he did play with guys like Mark Stone, Alex Petrangelo, Marc-Andre Fleury, Alec Martinez that have played other places, guys that have won Stanley Cups other places. Am I reading too much into it that he's effectively calling them bad leaders? I, Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one because when you really look at the roster and if you went down to the very last game of the season, they had zero drafted players on the roster in the very last game of the season or the last really six to eight. So it's hard to say no one's played anywhere else. It's only really... Nick Hague and Zach Whitecloud were the only two that haven't played, I guess, Logan. But beside that, I, I don't – it's tough because you have the, the Carlsons and Marcia so Smiths who, who did play mostly for one other team before. You know, McNabb had only played for the Kings. Like, there's a lot of guys that had played for one other. I think he was pointing more towards coaching style and what type of coaching style they've had and what type of atmosphere they've lived in as opposed to – leadership actually on the bench because they've made the comment many times it's very hard to lead if you're not there and if mark stone's not there for half the season how is he supposed to lead and maybe that needs to change too i'm not going to say that some of the media or let's just i'm going to include myself here because i think that's fair and are, are too soft on them and yet they won a lot in the beginning ken so i don't really know what he was yep. looking for what 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 did he expect i mean they went to the stanley cup finals they went to three right. of four western conference finals like tyler mentioned earlier maybe it was too soft on the san jose loss but if he did mean the media and you're right we don't really know exactly what he meant it's like well what did you really want you won all the time 
Well, I think he's talking about last year okay. more so. Yeah. I, th- I think he was looking at last year saying, wow, this team that's supposed to be a Stanley Cup contender, that's, and I don't know if he would say this, but that's $10 million over the salary cap, <laughs> is, is nowhere near where they need to be to win the Cup. Like, it wasn't, I mean, I, I think I came on with you guys at the deadline saying, well, the, the pragmatic move would be to sell. And, and looking back, that was the obvious thing to do. And I think he looked at it saying, wow, you walk into this building every single day and we're six points out of the playoffs in March and they're washing our cars out on, you know, out in the parking lot. They're, everyone's pumped up. There's still people coming to practice. No one's throwing tomatoes at us or something. Do they do that in Montreal? I think that's something they do in Montreal. But like that, that's what I think it was. Is he was looking at this year slip away and say, why is there not more pressure on this? And then I wonder how much the excuses come into play. He was one that was making them. So he, I, that's tough for me, too, because he was a big guy saying we were banged up. We were never where we should have been. But then when you watch the season end and everybody walks through there and says, well, we were hurt. It doesn't even count. Well, that doesn't fly in most cities. Does any of this matter? Like, does it actually matter that there's not a fan base or a media that's holding them accountable? Like, shouldn't the Golden Knights, shouldn't Max Pacioretty be good enough that it doesn't matter what the media is saying, they're still going to perform at whatever level they expect? Absolutely, it should not matter. You're 100% correct in that. However, they're human beings, and there is a point there. I don't think it's about the media. I don't think it's about the fans. I don't think it's about one particular coach or washing the cars or the ping pong table or whatever. I think it's all of it combined that there's something to be said about how great it is to live and play here that then once you do it, you can potentially slip compared to a different place. And if that is the case, that it is so cushy playing here, maybe you aren't getting the best out of yourself every single minute of every single game. And it is something that they potentially have to look into. I don't know how you fix it. You can't make it colder here. I, I, you can't make the airport <laughs> farther away. I don't know what they can potentially do. But maybe stop washing their cars if they're losers. I don't know. I mean, I'm in favor of that. I thought at one point Foley threatened that. Yeah, like I, I'm, I think I'll get on get, get Bill on the horn and think, you know what? Let's, let's wash the media's cars if they Yeah, suck, right? darn right. My Honda yeah. Accord could need one. Yeah, I mean, that, that seems like a good idea. Somebody drew on my car one day saying it needed to be washed and then yelled at me when I came out. I'm like, well, Bill, have we done it yet? All right, uh, sports crossover for you. Today's actually probably a good day for the Golden Knights because there's another team that has tried to trade a guy to a team that was on his no-trade list. The Padres are trying to send Eric Hosmer to the Nationals, who he's got on a no-trade list. Really? Yes. Yes. That's yes. actually happening. That's a yes, pretty big. Try- yeah. They have to oh, get him well, to waive it so they can acquire Juan Soto. So it's a great day for the Golden Knights because they have a partner now in the San Diego Padres. Well, I hope somebody sends out funny tweets like the Ducks and uh, the Ducks have in the past. <laughs> Those were fun. Well, the the main problem is that the Padres are probably going to get him to waive it and end up with Juan Soto, whereas the Golden Knights had to take Dodonov back and they weren't actually going to ever get the Juan Soto of hockey when they made that trade. Wait, wait, time out. You're telling me Shea Weber is not Juan Soto? (laughs) No. Are you sure? His his contract might be the Juan Soto. They're similar. They're similar. Yeah, might be there. All right, he's Ken Volke from Um, 
if they lose the first game, write a story about how Bruce Cassidy needs to be fired. Like, let's hundred percent. Everyone's yeah. the worst. Fire everyone. Yeah. Burn the city to the ground. It's the only way they can win. Thanks, Ken. Thanks, Ken. See you. See you. Oh, I would like that if just suddenly everybody was just yes. like after yeah. every loss. So you say we're soft, them, huh? Trade them. Yeah. Great. So you say we're soft, Cassidy. All right. Well, you come from Boston. Yeah. Bruce Cassidy, one game. Get out of here. You completely blew it. All right. We got tickets to give away. A four-pack of tickets to Flicks on the Field at Las Vegas Ballpark. 1-0 pitch, and that's it in the air to deep right field. Richick's going back. He's at the wall. It's going to go. Lead-off home run, Jerkson Profar. 3-2, Grissom hits it out towards deep left center field. Hampson on the run. Back into the gap, looking up. Going to go. Home run, Trent Grissom. You're locked in the press box. Tyler. Yep. How much pressure would you feel right now if you're Eric Hosmer? Because they're okay. saying there's no – well, some people are saying there are negotiations. Bob Nightingale saying there's no negotiations. And, Danny, you said this is specifically just for the Nats, right? What did you just say about – Yeah, the- it, so it's not a it's not an overall no-trade clause. Like, the Nationals are on his list of teams he doesn't want to go to. Yeah, so it's, a ten, it's so 10 it basically, teams. Yeah. basically did exactly what the Knights did with Dodonov. Yeah, it's a 10-team no-trade list. So – that's what I was thinking, Ed. I feel bad for Eric Hosmer right now because he oh. gave he gave the Padres a 10-team no-trade yeah. list. He said, I, I will not be traded to these 10 teams. The Padres went ahead and agreed to a deal that would send him to one of those 10 teams and then came to him and said, hey, um, we're going to need you to go to this team you said you didn't want to go right. to, and everybody knows about it, and it's a pretty big deal because we'd be getting Juan Soto. Like, the Padres are basically trying to peer pressure Eric Hosmer out of a no-trade clause they gave him. That's that's ridiculous. Yeah. And if I'm Hosmer, I'm giving him the middle finger, and I'm saying, no, I'm not going to Nationals. I don't want to play for that team. They're not trying to win. Yeah. And, like, they, so here's my question. Two possible outcomes here. With their, well, I guess there's three. Oh, Bob Number, Nightingale, real quick. Bob Nightingale, the Juan Soto t- deal is done. It does not include Eric Hosmer. Whoa! Oh, okay. Oh. oh, man. So I was going to say, like, A, you take Hosmer out of the deal entirely. Right. Which they right? just did. And, and I don't, maybe you include there's another player. I don't know. Maybe not because it's Eric Hosmer. But, like, the other thought process there was eventually you give Hosmer enough money that he agrees to it or – my thought was you find a third team to send Hosmer and a prospect to and like basically have a team take on Hosmer's contract, but you got to give them a prospect in return. But I guess they're going to, they're going to do it without Hosmer. now. I just can't, I do not understand. Like I, I, I get you're, you're probably going to wind up not playing very much if you're Eric Hosmer. Well, and also should, and Danny, I mean, okay, so Eric Hosmer's out of the deal. Don't you ask for more prospects now? You ask for somebody. I mean, but, you ask for I mean, something. No. The, national, yeah, no. the Nationals are in 100% rebuild mode, so they really don't care. I mean, they're starting a pitcher who's got like a five-something ERA in Patrick Corbin. The guy's terrible. He's their best pitcher. He hasn't done, <laughs> he hasn't done I mean, anything Kyler, since don't the you, World you Series. You say, okay, we wanted Hosmer for whatever reason. They could say that. They might be laughing, but they could say, we wanted Hosmer. You screwed that up. Now we want two more prospects. No, you guys have it backwards. They did not want Hosmer. The Padres wanted to get rid of Hosmer and had to include an extra uh, uh, prospect to get rid of him. If you're the Padres right now, you should be taking Hosmer and one of the prospects out of the deal. 
Ooh, I see what Tyler's saying. Because I like Hosmer that. Was old. Hosmer was a salary dump. The, pot, the the Nationals don't have any interest in Eric Hosmer. They don't want to win right now. They don't want a 30-something-year-old first baseman. They, they don't care about that. They want prospects. So they were eating the Hosmer contract, taking on Eric Hosmer to acquire an extra prospect. If I'm the Padres, I'm saying, okay, Hos, you're not eating Hosmer's contract, so we're, we're removing one of these prospects. <laughs> can this the get team. any worse for can, me? Can the Padres call... Can the Padres call the Royals and go, all right, Whit Merrifield and a pro- and uh, we'll throw in a prospect if you take this crappy, crappy contract? <laughs> yeah, they should. Okay, here's the other thing. And I know Hosmer plays first base, same position as Josh Bell. Hosmer's hitting 272 this year. His OPS is 12 uh, percentage points above the major league average. Hosmer's not awful. Like, Eric Hosmer staying with the Padres, sure, Josh Bell's better and Josh Bell should be playing at first base. But that does not mean Eric Hosmer's like, he's not useless. Like, I think he's been really bad defensively. But, like, he's not useless. Like, he can absolutely be an injury replacement or even just a pinch hitter in the postseason that's pretty good, going to be better than most teams' pinch hitters. So, like, them keeping Hosmer's not really that big of a deal to me. This just keeps getting worse and worse. It's a great day. What a great trade. (laughs) So who plays first now? Do you think it's got to be Bell, Bell, Yeah, it's Bell. Or do you... Because I'm I'm looking at the San Diego lineup right now. I don't want to hear that. Voight is DH. Yeah, Voight's the DH. So he's not going to play in the field. Well, I was going to say, would you would you potentially do um, like I was going to say move Bell to DH and then sit Voight, or would you keep Voight at DH and just completely well, I mean, I guess remove you could, Hosmer? I mean, they're not look. They're not trying to win the division, or they're not going to win the division. They're twelve back, right? So they're, this is all about the playoffs. This is all about the playoffs. No, they're not going to the division because the because the Dodgers aren't going to lose enough to other teams that they're going to lose that lead. So it's all about the playoffs right now. So I guess you can you can experiment with different things now each day. But I don't know what Tyler thinks. I mean, I would play Bell and keep Void as the DH and spot start Hosmer to keep his you know to keep him uh, engaged. But I would start Bell at first. So OPS plus this year, Luke Voigt's one thirteen, Hosmer's one twelve. So Josh Bell is, be- is of those three. Josh Bell's the best. He should get the majority of the playing time, whether it's first base or DH. And then the other two, you can play both of them throughout the regular season. And who's ever hot going into the postseason gets the postseason starts. Yeah. I-, I think that's fine. Like and like Josh Bell's not some atrocious first base defender. He's fine there. So it's not like having to play him at first base is going to hurt them. So I think it's it's a good problem to have if you're the Padres because you can Hosmer and Voigt are both above average hitters and one of them is going to be on your bench. What a trade by the pods. Yeah. What a trade. And, man, if you if you put Fernando Tatis in that lineup. This is a fantasy center, trade. <laughs> yeah, right yeah. now if he play, if if you put Tatis in the lineup and he played center field, the uh Padres would have 10 guys uh that they could put in that have an OPS plus over 100, oh, assuming Tatis doesn't suck. Jesus! Because um, <laughs> you know he's not yeah. going to suck. Yeah, the Do- the Dodgers only have eight of those guys at the moment, and the Padres would have 10 after this trade. Well, I can probably tell you who's not. And the Braves are somehow going to repeat. Yes, exactly. And the Mets are going to win the uh, National Actually, League. I forgot about Josh Bell. It's 11. 11 guys compared to eight. Yeah, there's not. No. I don't think there's enough positions to pass. <laughs> no, there's not. There's there's not even close. Like they're 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 catcher. They've got two catchers. One's doing very well at the plate. 
Their center fielder, Trent Grisham, is their worst hitter, and mm-hmm. presumably Tatis could replace him if they put him in the outfield. So what does this do with Profar? He's out. No, Profar is still in. Profar plays left, Soto yeah. plays right. So, okay, so Soto goes to right, Profar goes to right, left. And yeah. Tatis could potentially, I don't know I don't know what they're going to do, but potentially he plays center. Or you put him at short and you replace um, Wong. Hassam King, uh, Kim, me, Kim. Who's, been, who's been fine. He's nothing special, but he's been he's been a good He's average. been a good fill-in. Yeah, Probably better than they average. expected when Tatis went down. So yeah. tune in in three years to see what other major league star the Nationals will get rid of. <laughs> I mean, in the last... Well, it's going to be the sleeper pitcher. They're going to they're gonna the, be Susanna. Susanna. Yeah. In the, last five, in the last five years, we've given away eight All-Stars. Let's let's do some more. Pretty, hey, if they had kept them all, they could have been in the playoffs yeah. this year, Danny. And they'd be bankrupt. Yeah. Well, you've got your ring, a, my friend. You've got your get ring. Get an owner That's with right. more money. That's what right. What are you doing? What are, you, are, are they getting sold soon, Danny? Yes, it's in the process. Yeah, is that guy rich that's buying them? I don't know. I haven't looked into his finances yet. Oh, Let me call yet, up his accountant. <laughs> if he buys the Nationals and doesn't spend money, what a nightmare. Just uh, it get would rid be, of him. It would be, uh, yeah, it, it wouldn't that, be fun. That's the key to a baseball team. It's yeah. not the players or the manager or the GM. It's none of that. It's does your owner want to spend money? That's the number one thing. Some of them suck like the Angels, but usually it's good. I hate today.